College Football Talk every Tuesday with Brent Beer, Heisman voter, and on Twitter X at Brent Beer. SEC, ACC, AAC. We talk it all with Brent. Here's Brent Beard with Bryant and Brett. Brent, Be- Brent Beard joins us now to talk college football from First Coast News down in Jacksonville. He joins us now. Brent, thanks so much for joining us. A really fun day of college football yesterday, capped off with those two semifinal games for the college football playoffs. Me and Brett have been talking a lot today about that first game, Alabama in Michigan, and really the, the trenches. What happened in the trenches where really Michigan just kind of beat up on, on Alabama's, especially their offensive line. What was your biggest takeaway from Michigan's win last night over, over Alabama? Alabama struggled this year with, um, uh, frankly, with aspects of the offensive line. Uh, the uh, now they made some uh, plug-ins with some guys, and they, and and some of that worked. Um, they were, I mean, my goodness, I looked at the numbers on the offensive line, and they were frankly atrocious. These are your numbers, and I I don't I don't know exactly if this is uh, NFL type numbers, pass blocking grades. Uh, is the problem, and frankly, uh, J.C. Latham and, and Jaden Roberts were the only two guys that that really made passing great. Seth McLaughlin, the center, who has struggled all year, and Tyler Buckner and Caden Proctor, who, by the way, played between ligaments in his in his uh, ankle. Uh, they were below, but with the highest of. Of those three, was forty-two percent. So, but Michigan's big and they're physical, and they are hard to block. Uh, in uh, many ways, the um, the puzzling thing about the line was continuing to stay with Seth McLaughlin when you don't know if the ball is coming to your feet. Are going over your head, or going right or left, yeah. um, and why that was not fixed uh, at some point during this year was a a real mystery. Yeah, it was coming out at a lot of different angles, but I thought the announcers did a good job, and you could tell on the sideline that Coach Saban was coaching Milrow. Look, you got to go down and get it. You got to play shortstop mm-hmm. sometimes yes. too, because that yep. guy's got a three hundred pound man, or maybe two over him, banging on him. It's not always easy for it to, you know, come out perfectly room service. And this Alabama team, win or lose, I was going to say today, this was this was not Nick Saban's. This was his least best team since his first team in two thousand seven. This was the best team for Jim Harbaugh and maybe the best yep. Michigan team in history, and that better team won. Uh, it, it very well could have been Harbaugh's uh, best team. I mean, certainly the the line of scrimmages were that way, uh, and that's the thing that made the difference. He had a very serviceable quarterback, and J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum uh, was uh, impressive to I think when Alabama fans are able to um, step away from this and as, as the offseason goes on, they will realize uh, what a really Saban did his best coaching out, job in, in a lot of ways with this team. They were, uh, this team had a lot of flaws. Uh, 
but they got better on the offensive line during the season. Milrow got better. The defense was able to get the quarterback better. Special teams stepped up, as they did uh, particularly on yesterday. And if you would ask them, look, you're going to beat um, all your rivals, including having an iconic play at Auburn, and then beating Georgia for the SEC championship and going to the playoff, uh, I don't know if that – uh, I think every Alabama fan would have signed off on that. Brent, only at Alabama could being SEC champions be a disappointing year. And, but it, but it is. But I don't, I don't think it should be. I don't think anybody should have cried themselves to sleep last night uh, over that game. It's not like Alabama hadn't won a lot of games and won a lot of championships. And I think we'll in, into the future. But for the SEC. It, it's a little bit like Alabama. So goes Alabama. So goes the SEC. Five and four in the bowl season. Uh, some wanting to disparage that. Uh, I love some that say the bowls don't matter. Then when the SEC goes five and four, they all of a sudden they, then they matter. No, they matter whether they had gone nine and zero or zero and nine or four and five or or five and four. But they do go five and four. They did have success against the rest of the Big Ten, but the or, or, but the Big Ten team that people really wanted to see a win over from SEC perspective was last night. They didn't get that. Also for the SEC, Brent, I've said for years, the fairest legitimate knock on the SEC is it does not bat 1,000. It is not perfect. A lot of t- Most of the time it is really good. I'm watching a game, I think it was the Pinstripe Bowl, and the I don't know who the play-by-play guy was, but the analyst was Andre Ware, who mm-hmm. used to do SEC yeah. games and right. no, no longer does for the SEC Network. But Andre, the, and, and the graphic that popped up on the screen for the announcers to discuss was the bowl standings at that point. I think this was last Thursday afternoon. I, I don't remember when it was, whenever the, the pinstripe bowl was played. And Andre Ware goes, look at there, look who's in last, the SEC. You know what the record was at the time that he was pointing out the SEC was in last? Uh, it may have been close to zero and zero. <laughs> it, it, you're half right. It was zero and one, yeah. and he said it like they were zero and ten. <laughs> well, uh, that may have been some animosity on his part from deep down and somewhere. Uh, I think at, we at know from point. where. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we do too. Uh, but, uh, no, there's no way to, in good grief, when you're 0-1, that there's no way to be able to figure that out. Uh, uh, 0-1, that's, that's when you really castigate somebody, no, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, good grief, yeah, really. Uh, um, uh, and, you, and look, LSU was able to pull it out, even though uh, it, when you watch them in the first half, you, made, you wondered if they had practiced the entire month. Uh, Tennessee now with their win... Uh, the the word Nico will be oh, the only yeah. thing uh, uttered and should in, be. In, in Knoxville. He so gives them hope. They're excited about that situation, too. Um, I, I thought Ole Miss played one of the better games. I mean, I know you were there up front personal for that one, but they were ready to play and, and, and eager to uh, be able to do it. Uh, I thought Auburn was abysmal. Uh, and what I thought was even more abysmal was uh, Hugh Freeze' comment about uh, his offensive staff. It's never his fault. It, it, no, never is. It was 
it was basically um, I've been out recruiting. I've been too so busy been, for football. Yeah, yeah. So I've been busy, but we had an awful game plan for the game. Well, you I know, think for he, seven million, you, you need to try multitasking. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah. And, and by the way, help me on this, guys. But who? Who okay's that final game plan? He does. Buck stops with the head coach, yeah. but uh, it, it's it's really ironic that two coaches, Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze, both with the very same kind of you know rags to riches yep. backgrounds from high school coaching to the height of college football coaching, it's never their fault ever. How did yep. Auburn find yep. both of them? <laughs> uh, uh, well, and look, here's the uh, here's the thing on Malzahn. That people really need to understand. And, by, and oh, by the way, KJ Jefferson looks like he's going to end up with Malzahn. I don't know if it's going to help his career or not. But the thing that was pointed out after you after the uh, uh, Central Florida loss was Malzahn has averaged, and I, I've mentioned this before too, uh, losing four games a year for over ten years in a row. Bo Nix is going to go to the NFL because he got away from him. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And by the way, uh, I look at Bo Nix's number at Oregon, and that's rather impressive. But but you're right about that. Uh, and, and by the way, Brent, uh, uh, I'm not sure he did. Uh, he did Chris Rice pump. Plumley a lot of good either, did he? I, I, John Rice. Yeah, I, I don't know. If he, I don't know if John Rice got any. Any better at UCF? Right. He, he was always very gifted, mm-hmm. uh, really, really talented athlete. Uh, raw quarterback skills, I thought, were always a little bit lacking, and I don't think Gus did anything to to polish those skills. No, no, and and, and look, the and the other thing, without belaboring this Holbert point much more, it is uh, they really don't have uh, a quarterback right now. Uh, beyond what they left the season with. Now, my understanding is I've heard them link with the Liberty quarterback mm-hmm. over the last uh, uh, few hours. Uh, but but uh, Hugh said, I'm happy with my folks, and I don't see us needing to uh, uh, to do anything else. I mean, I, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be uh, quaking in their boots over Thorne. I'll just be honest with you about that. Uh, Caden Salter at Liberty is kind of who they're linked with. I'm not saying he's going there, but but anyway, that that's worth mentioning. But uh, but I, I just thought that was very poor to throw your offensive staff under the bus. It's going to be the most anticipated football season ever oh, yeah. at Ole Miss. It, it, is that warranted? Is that justifiable? Absolutely. I, I, I have never heard... Uh, a uh, anticipation uh, for Ole Miss football at this point of the season uh, than I have uh, at this point. Now, I mean, it, I think with everybody coming back, the people he's bringing in, uh, and after having a record-setting season, uh, and look to me, the, these extended playoffs. Or made for teams like Ole Miss. Uh, maybe, maybe Ole Miss, uh, is unable to beat Alabama and Georgia every year. Uh, but when this situation here, whether they do or not, that they're going to be in. So that, that 
Oh, yes. I, I think it's warranted, and people are extremely high on that team right now. And should be. Talking to uh, Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville. Speaking of teams looking for a, a quarterback, Miami in their bowl game, they lose in the pinstripe bowl like we were just talking about uh, to Rutgers 31-24 to to cap off, uh, I think, another disappointing season, people in Miami would say. That, that game yes. kicked off in yes. the afternoon. It looked pitch dark, didn't it? It, it did, yeah. It a lot did, of storms rolling through. It was, really it was dark. Uh, and not a lot of people there. Uh, what is the, the kind of feeling, expectations for Miami fans going into this offseason and into next year. It seems like they've been linked with a lot of quarterbacks in the transfer portal, but it doesn't seem like they're landing any. No, and look, the the transfer portal, uh, the timetable is running out for that right Damn. now. Uh, so now, now they, they now listen, they they had a situation where they were linked a little bit with Cam Ward as, mm-hmm. uh, as FSU wasn't, but that is obviously Cam Ward's going to the NFL. Uh, so right now, no one with that. Um, uh, that that people have railed, and I understand this uh, on Napier at Florida. But guys, the reality of it is, Cristobal's got as much of a rebuilding job at Miami as uh, Napier has at Florida, and and no one wants to talk about that. Uh, they they've got instability at quarterback. Um, and the other thing that you see, and you saw it in the bowl game uh, it, with Rutgers, is Miami, uh, under Cristobal, and Oregon did too, they will have these inexplicable losses, i.e. the Georgia Tech game among them, uh, that happened. Uh, and they need, the, listen, they need a quarterback. And frankly, about everything else, they open the season next year with the Gators, so that will be very interesting. But Brian's got a good point about that. They they really need to shore up that position. Tyler Van Dyke is left and going on to Wisconsin at this point. Uh, and, and really, now look, they've got Ja'Curry Brown, who he was okay. Uh, I mean, he, he was decent uh, in the bowl game, but is that going to strike fear in anybody's heart? I don't think it will. Is is Miami further behind right now than before Mario Cristobal took over? Ooh. You know, that's debatable, frankly. Wow. And, and uh, never mind the value of losing time, the most important a- a- asset we all have in life, but, you know, time marches on. But I, I think they, they are, Brent, and the whole dynamic of the pinstripe bowl and them wanting to fight and talk pregame <laughs> yeah, yeah. at yeah, the pinstripe absolutely. bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. Just a, an extremely bad look for but, the yes. once proud you. Uh, but you've got the difficult thing about people dealing with Miami down here is look, you've got some really good Miami fans, and I can and I appreciate that. But that all but yes, ten of them. Yeah, yeah. But you've also but you've also got uh, a a fan base. That has an arrogance that goes back to deserved, uh, uh, proper. Uh, yeah, I mean, when, the, the, when, a trophy Jimmy, case that, that can match anybody's. Oh, oh yeah, with Snellenberger and Johnson and so forth. But guys, let's just be honest. Uh, frankly, I mean, it's still a team uh, that really has accomplished so very little over the last. I don't mean years. I mean decades. Uh, frankly. And uh, and look, I, I, at this point, 
I don't know if it's going to get very much any better beyond uh, what uh, eight and five, seven and six type thing. And Brent, so, we, we remember when the designation to differentiate between the two, and we're almost getting close to being back there. Well, it was Miami of Florida and Miami of Ohio. Right. Well, then when you said Miami, you knew who in the heck oh, people yeah. were sure. talking about sure. for, for a strong run. We're right. close to now having to go back to Miami of Florida. Well, uh, and look, you've got, uh, and you still got a situation where they don't have the facilities they need. Uh, you, you hear all this talk about uh, these famous alumni who are going and, and who play in the NFL, particularly, who are going to. And they never build, come through. Right, build this and build that. You still got a facility. Uh, that is that, that needs to be on campus. That is off campus where they go to. So uh, no, that they they have been very mediocre, uh, frankly, at this point. And I, guys, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't see a lot of tremendous talent on that roster that's going to do much better and be any different than where they are now. Next year in the in the first year of the college football playoff. In the 12 teams. Let's say the SEC, they're guaranteed four teams. Yeah. And we'll just give that Georgia, Alabama, and LSU are three of the four. Mm -hmm. Everybody okay with that? Okay. Yeah. The fourth selection, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Let's give that it's Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. Okay. And Texas. For the fourth spot, it's down to Mizzou or Ole Miss. Who gets it? Well, uh, I, I mean, right now, I would have been. I would almost give it to Ole Miss, but uh, but what Drinkwith has done with this Missouri team has been, quite frankly, and they have uh, the best impressive. NIL in the country. I mean, uh, yeah. he, he sat down with the Missouri State Legislature and wrote it sure exactly did. how he wanted it. And remember, for for one horse states. Mizzou's it for college football in that state. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And look, probably the three of us remember it wasn't long ago, maybe a couple of years ago or less than that. There was some thought that he wouldn't make it there, right. and then and then they gave him an extension and a raise, and he did a he really did a good job this year. Uh, they scared Georgia. Uh, had a big win. Well, that thing was ugly in the beginning, uh, but had a big win over Ohio State, uh, which, frankly, that was a playoff victory for them uh, in a lot of ways. And that was Ohio State mostly in name only, though. It, it, in, well, in well, and, and as we as we saw Florida State mostly in name only, too. So totally in name only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, yes. D- Derek Brooks and Dion could have played in that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, and nice. even even in even at their age now, uh, that they could have gotten on the field. Look, I, but, but I think it, it bears making this point for Georgia that they they beat a very depleted FSU. Georgia sure had opt, opt outs and injuries injuries right. as well, right. not not as in mass as FSU. FSU was very broken hearted. I don't blame them. I defended them. I thought they should have been in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I think with a healthy Jordan Travis, they would have played a game very similarly to the one that Alabama played sure. against Michigan yesterday in the Rose Bowl with the backup no and with the third stringer no. 
But Georgia last year, they beat TCU in the finals by 65. Yep. So it's not like they're not really good. They've won 46 of the last 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah they certainly have. And, uh, and, and, and I can tell you with ETN going there from Florida, that only enhances that situation too. Um, but, and, and by the way, this deserves a quick mention. And I'm not saying that, that, uh, he is going to be better than Jordan Travis, but DJ Uglalay now going to Florida State. Now Uglalay struggled at Clemson. Got back in the it, ACC. It, it's got to be yeah, some nightmares for him. It very well could be. And look, the problem there is he's still struggling to throw for over sixty percent, and and he and he doesn't have a lot of touch on the ball. He'd rather throw it through you than throw it at you. Right. Uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes uh, uh, at this point too. So uh, it just just a incredibly interesting time going on right now. It absolutely is. Uh, we were talking about Texas a minute ago, and Brett said if you were going to put four SEC teams and have them and, and Alabama and Georgia be one. Texas, you know, they have a great season for them. They bring back Quinn Ewers next year, twelve and two on the season. Can they um, replicate a season like this next year with that brutal SEC schedule going into a, a new conference that should be better than what it was this year? They they could be similarly good, and the record be worse. Yeah. Uh, that and, and listen, and I know a lot of people were probably in bed last night. But I mean to tell you that Washington had that thing won. That was double digits. And I was frankly on the way, uh, uh, you know, lay down on the pillow. And all of a sudden, here they are driving down the field and throwing into the end zone uh, in order to win the game. I'll tell you one thing. People need to look at that last play when Texas threw it into the end zone, and the job, you guys have probably seen this, the job that the Washington... Oh, prototype. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, that was as definitive a play. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, that was textbook, wasn't it? To be able to swat the ball away... Save the and season. Not, and, and not be pass interference. It was incredible. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought when I saw that ball go in the air, I was like, oh, this is it. Texas has won. But an unbelievable oh, yeah. play. And yeah. Who would have thought it'd be uh, Washington's defense to step up and win the game for him? Well, uh, it's going to set up for a really, really fun uh, national championship. We won't talk to you before who the national like? championship. Who do you like in the national championship game? I, I like Washington because I I uh, of Penix and because of that, uh, that Joe Moore winning uh, – Offensive line for Washington. And by the way, uh, I, I'm guessing y'all may have y'all may have chuckled at this, like a lot of people have. You've got you've got Michigan and Washington uh, that that are going to be on all week long with advertising from ESPN that you can't pay for for every time that game being being promoted pops up there. So it's going to be on ESPN all week long, and then and then next year, uh, both those schools are going to be with Fox. That's right. <laughs> is, there, is there some irony to that somewhere? There, sure. there is, and I, I kind of like it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Brent, thanks so much for joining Happy us. We'll New do it year. again next week. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks much. Okay. Thanks, Brent.
Thank you, Brent Beard, with us every Tuesday from down in Jacksonville talking college football and at the commissary. Happy 2024 from Walker Taylor and all of his team at both both places for the commissary, the new Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar and the original in Germantown. And both are perfect for a big group, a big outing to go to and maybe watch the Grizzlies game tonight or tomorrow night or the Tigers on Thursday next week to watch the national championship game. And that's where you can get that Memphis-style barbecue and, and the ribs delicious and it screams Memphis the slow cooked way. If you want it fast and easy, you're craving an easier way to order, text commissary to 33733. Start with the appetizers and go slow like the smoked chicken wings, the cheese plate or the tamales or the staple of sports, the staple of great food, the barbecue nachos and then dig into the ribs or the shoulder chopped or pulled on a plate on a sandwich and Walker wants to thank everyone for both Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays that bought the holiday ham or the the turkey and he'll have that again next year but every every meal every barbecue meal comes with all the sides like the beans the slaw the deviled eggs bread as well and you can order it by the pound with the six packer and the eight pack or the 12 pack the salads are great and the desserts are outstanding like the best lemon ice box pie i've ever had anywhere and the terrific banana pudding 901-754-5540 go online at commissarybbq.com they're in Collierville and in Germantown since 1981 and the party areas. So much fun. Orders to go. Catering. Tailgating. And come holiday time, it'll be time again once we get to next October, November, December for the holiday ham and the holiday turkey. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, we've talked a lot about the semifinal games from last night, but it was also a really fun weekend, just bold games in general, some really fun ones uh, starting on Friday and then really going into the weekend and even yesterday. So let's get to a break, and when we come back we'll talk about the bowl games from the weekend that's next on sports time we are real sports talk sports 56 whbq available on your radio dial at 560 a.m and 98.5 fm as well as around the world online at sports 56 whbq.com take us with you everywhere by downloading the sports 56 app and at home just say alexa play sports 56 Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. The bowl season has come to an end with the only game left. Uh, being the national championship game, but it was a lot of fun. There were some really good matchups and uh, some good ones over the weekend. Brett, I want to start with the Ole Miss-Penn State game, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I know that's the game uh, you were at with Ole Miss Radio and uh, really an impressive performance by Ole Miss. Uh, A close game um, in the first half, but Ole Miss takes over in the second half to win 38-25. Former Memphis Tiger Caden Priest scoring 
had a really, really good game, was named uh, Most Outstanding Player. Um, a, a, a really, probably his best game, um, certainly as an Ole Miss Rebel. The probably, most healthy he's been, too. Yeah, yeah, that's another good point. Um, what really stood out to you in that game, uh, Ole Miss really setting up well for what could be a massive uh, year next year? Yeah, everybody ready for next year already. The third quarter was the difference. It yeah. was uh, just a, a runaway in the third quarter and really throttled back mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and was you know just trying to land the plane I, I thought Ole Miss probably left you know left some points out there and that was probably the the least they could have won that game yeah. by over Penn State Penn State to me reminded me in, in some aspects they reminded me of Texas A&M and when I saw Texas A&M that was after the injury to Wigman, so I saw mm-hmm. A&M with Max Johnson. Max Johnson is a better quarterback than Drew Allard. Yeah. Uh, except for the quarterback play, the, the team I'm going to compare Penn State more to ha- had a much better quarterback, and it was Arkansas. Really? I, 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 when I'm when I'm when I was watching Penn State, I, I didn't think their their receivers and running backs were anything to. You know, nah. that you had to get too worried about game planning for. And KJ Jefferson's a, a, a better player than Alar. Uh, Alar, I, I just didn't think they were very good. What was good around Penn State though? Those fans. Oh man, uh, they o- got really good fans. O- only the second time I've ever seen Penn State in person, 1979 Liberty Bowl, the other one. And fun to be around mm-hmm. those people all week and that media and that media that covers them. You know, you'd go to a press conference for, the coordinators, the offensive sure. and defense coordinators, and Ole Miss. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying this is all that was there, but covering the press conferences, it'd be about six or eight people. Mm-hmm. You know, t- couple TV stations from Jackson, uh, the 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 Golden Triangle, sure. the, you know, the beat guys, and, and, and website people. Penn State would have forty. Holy cow! I mean, co- covered wow. like a pro- and you think of oh, the yeah. population base. I mean, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, uh, the uh, other big cities in in in, the, in that state, and how prominent football that it, that it is to them. But now James Franklin zero and four against the SEC wow. in bowl games, and had to go there post game. You go out and get, I think, really worked. And he blames it on the officiating. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. He, but- Penn State had six penalties. Ole Miss yeah, had five. No, I mean that's that's pretty even if you ask me. I mean, but hey, whatever. But no, you're right about the fans and 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 their media as well. I remember um, at the Cotton Bowl when Memphis and Penn State played, they had a ton of people um, in the press box. I was sitting. I think uh, I think both sides of me in the press box were Penn State people and really really nice, really nice people. Um, and the fans were really nice. It was it was funny because that was the year uh, Penn State thought they should be in the Rose Bowl and a really good team. Mike Parsons on the defense. Um, and so after the game, they beat Memphis. Memphis fans are leaving there. Just they're just glad they're there. I mean, they're everyone's cheering and and tiger chants are everywhere. And I, literally, Penn State fans were. I was walking next to Penn State fans. They were like, "Why are Why are Memphis fans so happy right now?" I was like, "I mean, we're at the we're at the Cotton Bowl. I mean, we're just happy. I mean, we, we don't care what the score is." And and all those jerseys. Oh man. That, oh. Jerseys or a hoodie or yeah. a sweatshirt. Uh-huh. Okay. E- every single fan, man, woman, Absolutely. and child, they had on. When we we're talking about next year's team, teams and and can make noise, and they'll make noise in a different league. Ten and three Arizona. 
Yeah, yeah, no, really good fish. And and you're right. What Jed Fish has done has been, uh, I mean, really, really fun to watch from a team that I don't think anybody saw them doing much. They want to be the Big Twelve rep. They do, and and I think um, you know they'll have a good chance. What they did to Oklahoma, I know, uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about the opt outs, but you know, me and me and uh, John that the morning of that game were talking about. You know, I don't think the opt outs played uh, as big of a part in that game as we thought they would because offensive line was concerned, but they were able to move guys around shuffle guys they had older guys that they could shuffle in um but man arizona really i'm putting to to them and what i was more impressed with was oklahoma goes up it looked like they were controlling the game and for arizona to come back and and win that game the way they did was really impressive the 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 tigers win in the liberty bowl 36 26 we've talked a lot about that Mm -hmm. and the hype for next year so do, do you think the the fans that were disengaged can be won back. Dave said he thought during the Liberty Bowl people were mm. being won back. Can they be uh, in a large number? And also, and it's not. And I don't. I don't need to see pictures on the internet next year uh, of we're going to go for two years, two games in a construction zone. Sure. That's part of it. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. That is part of it, and, and I think they they can be That's one a back. little few steps back. Sure. to take fifty forward. Yes, absolutely. And, and so, you know, I think I think you're starting to see people because it seemed like the biggest argument, and I mentioned this earlier about this team was they're just beating nobodies. They can't beat you know the big boys, and they went out and beat a, a power five, the, the conference that Memphis fans we've talked about it. We want them to get into the and Big we, Twelve. We defended but, that at the time they were sure. beating the teams on their schedule. Exactly, exactly. And, and I even saw this uh, tweet from from Jonah Dillon um, just uh, about you know thirty minutes to an hour ago. Way too early, but looking ahead to next season, every group of five team that finished ahead of Memphis this season, besides Miami of Ohio, who finished eleven and three will have a new quarterback next year. UTSA, Toledo, Liberty, Troy, Tulane, James Madison all have quarterbacks that have either either left the school or are in the transfer portal. And I think going back to that, the experience, bringing back a guy like Seth Hennigan, I think I think you can get a lot of excitement next year by selling the look what this season can be. Tennessee 35 zip over Iowa in the predictable after every futile offensive performance for Iowa, mm-hmm. the piling on of Iowa. Yeah. I still contend a lot of places should be hoping they get to Iowa right. status. Yes. Ten wins in the Big Ten championship game. We know the divisions are going away, and it's not going to be as easy for them to get there. But it feels like in, in seeing Kirk Ferentz and Josh Heupel was trying to run it up at oh, the buzzer, man. and I didn't mind it. Nah, well, if you had the under, you would have minded it, Brett. <laughs> if it went under, didn't it? It did, but, oh, man, he was trying to punch it in there at the it end, sure and that would have gone over. I, I didn't mind it because you, you hear so much about Big Ten football and a Big Ten defense, and he was trying to get his younger players involved. I, I, I didn't mind it at all, and Kirk Ferentz post-game, Took it like a man, straight he over, yep. handshake, congratulations. Wasn't any, you know, what, what were you trying to do? Trying to show me up? I think Kirk Ferentz is trying to tell his fans, 
I am maxing out yeah. here year yeah. in and year out getting the number of wins we get. Who do we think we are? I, I think a lot of teams in the SEC should learn mm-hmm. kind of their place like Iowa accepts theirs. Well, and that's a good point because I, I thought we were going to get some – I thought it could get ugly after that game with, with Tennessee too. trying to I, punch I thought this in. is going to be an interesting handshake. Uh-huh, yeah. And Brock Osweiler, the analyst, oh, was pouring – he was pouring fuel on it, yeah, though. he really was. No, you're absolutely right. And, and it was weird because they were – it was just very weird how that whole game ended. Did. Um, but uh, but no, a, a interesting game. The under hit again for Iowa. Always remember, Brett, did. you cannot spell under without I-O-W-A. Um, <laughs> and uh, just barely. But Nico, what he did in his first, his debut game uh, against Iowa, I know a lot of Tennessee fans are really excited about what he can be. Uh, he made the most of his debut. And the most was made in the Mayo Bowl and the Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, man, Brett, the Pop-Tart Bowl. Wow, moved way up on my bowl power rankings. Can you ever open Pop-Tarts again and not think of the Pop-Tart Bowl? How about this, Brett? I don't know uh, how familiar you are with uh, the cookie store Crumble, um, but it's like gourmet cookies, really good. They come out with new cookies every single week. They had a Pop-Tart-inspired cookie with little Pop-Tarts on top of it the week of that game. I went and bought one while I was watching that Pop-Tart game um, the night before. I told uh, John this. We were watching the game, Johnny and I were, when we were uh, doing the show because it came on, I think it started at like 5.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw the introduction. We saw the Pop-Tart jump out of the toaster. And Brett, I'll be Clock honest. Was ticking. I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I called exactly what would happen for the Pop Tart to turn into an edible mascot. I've got to say, I'm very young in this radio game. Uh, my proudest moment so far in radio was <laughs> calling what would happen to the Pop Tart after the game. And Kansas State, the winner of that game, they yeah. could be the Big Twelve rep. The changing bowl picture. I don't think it's changed for any game more. Then how and, and now it's not part of ESPN ABC. Almost the witness protection bowl, the Sun Bowl. Yeah, man, the Sun Bowl has taken a hit, and um, you know it was uh, it was right there because of what ESPN has become with kind of bowl games. That was the one o'clock game on that Friday, and it really got lost. And sure with the did. blowout, it was. I mean, nobody was watching that game. That Clemson Kentucky game we talked about that earlier turned into a really good game at the end. I mean, I. Half the time I didn't. I kind of forgot it was on on Friday afternoon. Do you think what Georgia did to Florida State was over a line? No, no, I, I don't mean, either. I mean, you go out there and play the game, and you know, it's I not, don't think they could help it. No, I mean, it's not Georgia's fault that that nobody wanted to play for Florida State, and so you know, I think you go out there and, and you're trying to, especially for a team like Georgia, who's going to have a lot of opt outs. You're trying to get reps for the young guys. You're trying to get some of these guys um, looks, and and if they go out there and, and hang sixty three on an opponent, so be it. Especially if Washington beats. Michigan Monday night. You're going to have a lot of SEC types. Yeah, you are. SEC think pieces mm-hmm. want to advance the notion of Georgia's really yeah. the best team. Yeah. That's just not how it works. No, it's not. And and uh, I think uh, I think it was David Cobb uh, that was on with with John earlier today, and he said, you know, when you see those those final polls come out after the national championship, he said, I think you're going to see a, a handful of of votes for for Georgia being number one if Washington beats Michigan and make it makes it look pretty easy, uh, or, or doesn't make it look easy if it's kind of a close game, kind of an ugly game. He thinks that that you could see some some SEC um, voters vote Georgia number one. 
Could you, with a, a clear conscience, do that? Absolutely not. I, I no chance. I mean, Mon- Monday night, the winner is yes. the is the champ. Yes, I mean they're the champ, and whoever wins it deserves it. And they've Let's shown don't move why the they deserve post it. when it doesn't go yeah. our way. I mean they're both undefeated. I mean, and 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 Georgia, as good as they are, Brett, you came in after they played Ole Miss, and you said this is the best team I've seen all year. This is the best team I've seen in a while. And, uh, and but you know Alabama beat them, and then Alabama goes out last night and loses to Michigan, an undefeated Michigan team. Washington, uh, even though everyone continues to doubt them and makes them underdogs, they still go into the national championship as an undefeated team. I think I'll do it now. This year in in the college football season, in person, I got to see 19 different college football teams. Okay, 16 of those are FBS. Swanee, Rhodes, I'm not going to rank it here, I'm not going to rank Mercer from FCS. I'm going to rank in order the 16 teams I saw in person. And I don't like doing this with what I saw on the field. Right. But I'm talking about only the day when I saw this right. team and and kind of what my impression was of them. Number one, Georgia. Mm. Number two, Alabama. Three, Ole Miss. Four, LSU. Five, Mizzou. Six, Penn State. Seven, wow. Texas A&M. Eight, Georgia Tech. Nine, Tulane. Ten, Memphis. Eleven, Auburn. Twelve, Mississippi State. 13, Arkansas, 14, Vandy, 15, Louisiana Monroe, and 16, Hawaii. Wow. No, that's a good list. And, and uh, shout out to uh, yeah, uh, Georgia Tech, Memphis, and Tulane ahead of ahead of a couple of, uh, of SEC teams in there. So, uh, so that's definitely good for those programs. I- I think Memphis would have. I think Georgia Tech or Tulane playing uh, Auburn, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and, and Vanderbilt would have fared really well. Well, and how about? I know you were you were off when this game happened. It's a couple weeks ago now. That this game happened. Uh, it was actually I think your last day with us before your break. Georgia Tech going out out and, and, and capping off a great season with a win over UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. I'm not gonna do it, but if I had to rank quarterbacks, Haynes King would be way up there. Oh, I believe it. No, he he had a really good season. I think Jaden Daniels would be one. Sure. Dart, Beck, yeah. Milrow in that mix. Uh, Brady sure. Cook in that mix. Yeah. Some good Hain- quarterbacks. Hain- saw. Hain- Haynes King would be right right there. Wow. I didn't see Michael Pratt. Right, he was out there. Well, game well I did against Memphis. I That's did see true. Michael Pratt yeah. against Memphis. But you didn't see him against Ole Miss. That was the Kai Horton game. But uh, Haynes King's really good player. You saw some good quarterbacks this year. I mean, that kind of shows how strong of a of a conference the uh, the SEC is when it comes to to quarterbacks. But uh, no, a good year of seeing good teams. I think that's a, a really really good list. Well, let's go ahead uh, and get to a break. And when we come back, it'll be time for big number of the day. Add a little fun to your lunch break join johnny radio for sports 56 happy hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on sports 56 and 98.5 fm now back to sports time on sports 56 and 98.5 fm here once again are brett norsworthy and bryant dacus Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The big boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. 
Well, Brett, you've been gone for a while, so uh, how about you start us off today with big numbers? I will, and it, it's my my number is eighty six, as in years. You got you have okay. to go back to nineteen thirty eight, January one, nineteen thirty eight. The last time Alabama's lost a Rose Bowl game. Whoa! Lost to the Cow Bears. Cow Bears. Love it. Wow, that's an unbelievable big 86 number. years ago. Holy and, cow. You know, Bama with a, a lot of trips to the Rose Bowl through the years. Sure. I would say nine Pac-12 Big Ten got to be up there close to the most because, you know, they, they just excluded it to that sure. for so long. Yeah. You really had to kind of go before that or now kind of being a part of the playoff mix. But 86 years since the last time Bama lost the Rose Bowl game, it was a long way back home then. Oh, sure was. That is about incredible. a four-day train uh-huh. ride. Yeah, that's right. That's incredible. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, that streak broke uh, last night. But I have three big numbers today, and I was going to try to save them, um, but I can't. I have to use all of them today. My first big number, kind of a throwaway big number, but I would be mad at myself if I did not mention this. Uh. How about zero? Let's make it zero. It could go. It could be number one. It could be zero. It could be fifteen. But I'm going to go with zero. That's how many goals were allowed yesterday afternoon by Joey Decord, the goaltender for the Seattle Kraken in the, game. In the Winter Classic. That's right at T-Mobile um, Park, where the Mariners play baseball. They had the Winter Classic yesterday. Was it between, cold? Uh, it was cold. It, it, looked, it, it looked cold. It was very cold. I don't know the exact temperature, but it was it was a cold afternoon in Seattle. Uh, over 46,000 people in attendance um, for that game yesterday. Played at the Mariners' Park. At the Mariners' Ballpark. That's right, T-Mobile. Um, but it was the first time uh, that a goalie had recorded a shutout. Uh, Joey Decord did that yesterday. First time a goalie has uh, recorded a shutout in the Winter Classic history, a game that has happened 15 times First one happened yesterday for the Seattle Kraken. Now, that's a throwaway one um, because I understand this market, and I'm the only one that cares about hockey. So here's my real big number today. I have two of them, both coming from college football. 4,186. That is how many uh, pass, or excuse me, punting yards Iowa punter Tory Taylor had this season, which breaks the NCAA single-season record for punting yards, surpassing Michigan State's punter Johnny Pingle's 1938 campaign. Speaking of 1938. Speaking of 1938. Remember, Brett, you cannot spell punt without <laughs> I-O-W-A. It's been a great year um, for the punting Good year team. for 1938, isn't it? It really is. Who would have thought that we would have had uh, two big numbers today involving 1938? My final big number for today is 12. We had a fun game yesterday, uh, LSU in Wisconsin. I really liked uh, what Nussmeyer did yesterday for LSU, um, but that game went over. I don't know if a lot of people thought Wisconsin would play the way they played. 35-31 win over Wisconsin. That blew past um, the total that was set at 57 um, for that bowl game yesterday. And LSU became the only FBS team in at least the last 20 years to go over the total in 12 of the 13 games they played this season. Yeah, and, and just automatic offense all year. And Kirk Herbstreit made a lot of news yesterday, I, th- I think on game day, in, in some pregame hit, talking about he, he thinks there needs to be the elimination of half the bowls. Mm, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't see the clip, but I did see the headlines about that. And, and, and we talked about kind of the sad state of the Sun Bowl. Yeah. It's got to be changing going forward. Not that it's big news, but Barstool's ending their affiliation Good. with the Arizona Bowl. Uh, I, I refuse to call it that. Yeah, yeah. I, I And it was on the CW, but it was still the same stream or broadcast that they had on their website with their announcers. And we've already talked about their announcers. I remember when they had uh, the Barstool Classic in basketball earlier this season. And it, it just became you know two guys sitting there with a play-by-play guy, and they were just talking about the bets they had made um, in that basketball game, which I understand there's a market for that out there, but most people that are sitting down watching a, a bowl game... Yes, most people that are sitting there watching a bowl game do not care about what bets you've placed um, for this game. But I, I do love bowl season. I love all these bowl games. It's interesting how some of them... I don't know how them, to stay at this, in this form, and I don't... I don't I, and I'm to where I don't know if I want it to stay in this form. Well, it's it's a good point too because you know Brett, we we talked about the Pop Tart Bowl earlier. I mean, we've gotten to a point in bowl season where and if we I'm are there. A lot of people are there. That that's true. But we've gotten to a point with bowl games that we're having to turn a mascot into a giant edible mascot and dump mayonnaise mm-hmm. on a winning coach just to get people excited. For the bowl game, so you know, I don't know if, if he's wrong about that point because it really has turned from this game is going to be really good. We got to watch this game to oh man, I got to see a head coach get mayonnaise dumped all over his head. Yeah, and and a, a lot of the a lot of the games were not well attended. Now the TV ratings yeah. have been terrific. Sure, absolutely. And we're waiting for yesterday's, which are going to be astronomical. <laughs> they have to be. If, if Michigan Bama didn't push. High twenty million, twenty eight, twenty nine million, approaching thirty. Now, I don't, I don't know if college football can ever get right. there if that didn't. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way that. I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a really, really good number because of how great those games were. I'll, I'll, I will give you one number. Jaws return uh-huh. two weeks ago sure. tonight. John Morant, one of the faces of the future of the NBA, his return on TNT, mm-hmm. playing against Zion Williamson. That's right. One of the established stars of the league, mm-hmm. eighteen for TBS there to do the game. It drew one point six million viewers. Wow! The following Saturday afternoon, the Cure Bowl drew one point nine. Ooh, and the Cure Bowl was the uh, the ugly game, kind of middle afternoon, sleepy game. I'm, so, I'm sorry, the previous Saturday, Saturday the sixteenth, right? The Cure Bowl. Yikes. Honk if you can tell me the teams in the Cure Bowl. Oh, oh, hold on, Brett. Let me try. Uh, App State. Is that right? Is that one of them? That's one. Okay. And, ooh, I. They've been discussed already today. Oh, I can't think of the other one. Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio. Oh, let's go. That's it. Wow. It it drew 1 9. It beat Zion versus Ja. That's crazy. The Cure Bowl. Wow. That was an ugly game. Pouring down rain, middle and, of the afternoon. I, oh. I know they had a tough draw, but the NBA having to go up against the NFL, and you add up every viewer, every number of the viewers. Brutal. It got crushed by, by a lot of these bowl games. The, the whole total viewers. Wow. wow. That's, that's surprising. You should have made that your big number today, but, you know, hey. Football is it was, uh, it was during the segment. It was. Yeah, football's king. It's 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 hard to beat, um, especially the NFL. The Cure Bowl. <sighs> Look, Brett, that's that shocks me just as much as it shocks you. Because like you think I said, people believe that? You you think diehard NBA guy? You think we could convince them the Cure Bowl outdrew Jaw and Zion? Probably not. 
I don't think so either. I don't think, I don't think so. they'd believe us. No, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think they would. It's interesting though. But you know, those those TV numbers, they certainly do not lie. Well, that'll do it for our second hour. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we're talking about the NFL with Bo Marchant. 